What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, back with another edition of the 4th Man Podcast. Thank you to everyone who's tuning in to today's episode. We got another great one for you with an awesome interview on the back end. Guys, we are just over two weeks away from the first game of Season 5. I'm stoked. The schedules actually just came out today as I'm recording this half of the episode, so I'm super excited to get into it. The only downside is I'm really dreading the other part of this episode, which will be mainly focused around preseason power rankings. And you're thinking, Anthony, I mean, power ranking, you, you, you know, you don't have to do them or, you know, it, it's not that bad. You know, it's just it's just the preseason. The, the lead changes every year. I'm dreading it. I feel like uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into all of it and the reason I, I'm just – Kind of dreading it a little bit, but uh, it'll be a fun episode nonetheless. Uh, before we get into everything, make sure if you're not already following our socials at Fourth Man Pod, making sure to update you guys on news, transactions, uh, any kind of updates throughout the leagues. Um, you can find our our shows episodes, uh, listen to you know where to listen to them, all on our social media pages. So at Fourth Man Pod, that's Four T H Man Pod can watch the shows on YouTube, youtube.com slash fourth man pod. And appreciate everyone who always tunes in on the nothing but net channel uh, via dash radio on Mondays and Saturdays. Thank you to all of you guys who listen and thank you to dash radio and the nothing but net channel for giving us a platform to others for others to listen to and consume some more big three content. So that being said, let's get into it. First and foremost, the schedules are out. I feel like, no offense to the league, but they kind of did a a poorest job on the the schedule drop. And I mean, like the first schedule drop was just about like the cities and what days they were playing on them. But like when they released it, some of them were still to be announced. So I feel like that was kind of interesting. To I, I feel like like when you drop a schedule, typically you drop it when everything's been completed. But maybe they're just trying to work out some details and with the season coming coming up and uh, here soon they just wanted to make sure at least the regular season was announced where those games would be played so I guess I get in that understanding but now we actually have the actual matchups and games that are coming they announced the first games that were going to happen on Saturday I really like this format I know that they've kind of toyed with this back and forth should we have all the games on one day um, should we split the games up into two days and I know a lot of that's how much you know how, how much of a time slot do we have via CBS are we working with other partners that will actually put our product on their platform. So I know there's been some work within there, but I think part of me wants to think that they're kind of experimenting too. Do we like all the games on one day or do we like to have multiple days with the games? And this will be really fun because like, think about it this way. There's potential that we'll have our first big three game on Saturday. And then the final game of the NBA season that Sunday as well, obviously we'll have the second game of the big three slate earlier that day, but we get a lot of basketball to consume that weekend. If the Warriors and Celtics actually go, you know, a full, full seven games, which right now it's a one, one series. So that there's definitely a possibility of that, but could be a really just overwhelming weekend of basketball. And I kind of want to start with the matchups mostly because I'm <laughs> trying to find any, which other way to not talk about power rankings and guys, listen, in the past, like, don't get me wrong. I I love to try to like see what teams I think are going to be good and what teams, you know, might fall on the short end, but 
oh my god last year being just the worst one ever thinking that bidwap was going to be so much better and yes they ran into some issues had some different injuries and what, whatever i can make all the escape excuses i want in the world for myself and try to justify my reasoning for putting them at the top but like enemies i, I fell for the enemies trick again for the second straight year i thought they were going to be really good and that didn't necessarily pan out. So power rankings, they've been a nightmare for me. Preseason power rankings have just been an absolute nightmare. My like records, like day to, or weekend to weekend records in terms of picking the games, not bad. Like I, I can I can usually hit over 500 because sometimes we'll have some 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 true underdogs. Like this season, trying to do power rankings with this season with the amount of talent that we've added this year and the way the teams stack up. I mean, really. I'm, I'm going to do it. It feels like inevitable. It, it has to be done. We have to know, you know, I, I'm what the fourth man is literally the only podcast that covers the big three currently. We got to know what the, what the power rankings are year in and year out. I got to hold myself accountable. And ultimately it's just, it's just kind of fun to look back on to see how wrong that. I, honestly, sometimes it's not a bad thing to be really wrong because that just shows you the volatility and unpredictability of how the season's going to go. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to talk myself into being saying it'll it'll all be okay. But right now I'm looking at this as a very half glass empty type ordeal. So in order to delay talking about the power rankings, which I've reworked numerous times throughout the past week, and including last night and today, I'm going to talk about the week one schedule quickly. I'm not going to give necessarily my predictions just yet. I feel like I'll save that for next week before. Uh, leading up to the actual games. But let's talk about this. So week one, June 18th, and June 19th will be the first games of the 2022 Big Three season, season five here. And the Saturday games include Triplets versus Trilogy, Threes Company, Bivouac, and Three-Headed Monsters and Ghostballers. The Sunday slate includes Aliens, Enemies, Killer Threes, Ball Hogs, Power, and Tri-State. Triplets Trilogy will be battle of some of the best teams from last year. They played each other week three. Triplets came out on top. Three's company, Bivouac, also played last year, but it was kind of the final game before they cut off those four teams, thinking around week six. And Three's company actually came out on that one. Bivouac actually fought pretty hard, but I feel like no one was interested in, in that game. It was the last game of like a six-game slate in one day, so I felt like no one was actually tuned in. It was two teams that weren't going to have a chance to play the next week. Three-headed Monsters, Ghost Ballers. I believe was the last game of the regular season last year. And ultimately, if those ballers had won by like some absurd point total, they could have made made it. But Three-Headed Monsters actually came out really strong in that one. And Chris Johnson did all he could for Ghost Ballers, but had some injuries in play. And that was a tough one. Then And then the Sunday slate, Aliens Enemies, that's a good rematch of last year. We saw Andre Owens hit his first game-winning four-point shot of the season. He hit the his second one, like, the following week, or maybe it was the week prior. That was a pretty nutty one. Killer threes and ball hogs, a rivalry that we've seen throughout the first four seasons, did or throughout the first three seasons, did not see it in season four, and now we get a chance to see two revamped teams go head-to-head. -head. That should be really fun. And the Power and Tri-State, that was one of the better games of last year as well. I believe Tri-State Power come out on top of that one. I feel like. I feel like power did, you know what? We're gonna make sure to 
get that accurate. I believe Power came out on top of that game. It was in week five. Power did 50 to 47. So that was a really good one. I'm excited. I feel like Power and Tri-State just historically have always been good games as well. So I'll dive into those matchups a little bit deeper next week. But let me know whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening within the comments or you're just following the social media pages. Look, I, I made a TikTok recently too, so make sure you're following over there. I'm going to try to do just a few quicker videos on there and do my best to, to give a, be a little bit more attentive to the TikTok side of things. And maybe some of the people that are introduced to the big three too heavily, we'll, we'll get them involved this year and involved within the community. But um, yeah, definitely I'll, I'll kind of break down those matchups a little bit more next week. And then also, like I said, I'll, I'll do a little bit um, of quick recaps on the TikTok side as well. But um, let me know, you know, all in all, just let me know who you, you know, which matchup are you most excited for? I got to say, I'm pretty interested in Three's Company and Bivlac on Saturday and then Killer Three's Ball Hog on Sunday because we didn't get to see them last year. But Three's Company and Bivlac, I feel like I'm the most interested in throughout the weekend, mainly because based on how my power ranking set, they could just take a, a wide turn if, if depending on how that game's go, which I think that's a perfect segue into the power rankings here. So without further, further ado, the 2022 season five, big three power rankings via the fourth man podcast. And guys, I work this time and time again. I really... I really put a lot of thought and effort into this. I've been, I spent all night, feel like thinking like different scenarios, you know, maybe I'm not thinking about this team enough, or maybe I'm overthinking this team. I really just try to put it together and all in all, we're just, we're just not going to know until the season starts. Right. There's so much that's unpredictable. I think, I think kind of looking at my power rankings, which I ended up just going with the one, the first one I did, so I reworked it so many times for no reason. But the reason I went with the first one I did is because I kind of candidly did it. I did it off the top of my head. I didn't look too much into it. I was just kind of like, oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I feel like Trilogy go, should go there and we'll add enemies within here. Like it just seemed the most natural. So I figured like candidly, like we get the best results here. Uh, maybe not, maybe not uh, exactly how the season pans out you know in, in terms of like accuracy points I, I maybe I won't get get the best points there but I felt like to be more open and candid about the power rankings the best one was to present here was my season one rankings and I think the most trouble or the team that's having the most trouble with there's two oh no there's three really aliens because they're bringing in three Three very experienced players or two very experienced players on top of the number one, you know, former number one FIBA player in the world and Dusan Bullet, who had a really good season of power last year. They're bringing in Carlos Los Manis and Thomas Ivosev, who obviously within their own right, this is their professional career. The three on three game is what they do. I'm just wondering how they translate, you know, transition over to the big three. That's, you know, a huge X factor, I feel like, with how the season could go about. Power. Power is an interesting team because obviously they got the number one pick in Glenn Rice Jr., the health of Katina Mobley, but like I feel like Power is just always kind of a contender when Nancy Lieberman's 
at the helm, even when I think Clyde was at that at the helm, right? Like they still made the playoffs in season one. So they're always kind of a contender within there, but I don't necessarily having a hard time understanding how that team is going to stack up uh, with a few new additions within there. And then the other one is three-headed monsters, the loss of Reggie Evans, adding in Jonathan Simmons. You know, Reggie Evans is by far the biggest loss of any team this season. Obviously, he's going to come back next year, but to not have him, you know, arguably the best big – I'm going to say the best big man in the big three, the physicality, the, the rebounding, the, the defensive presence, really because of the rebounding that leads to a lot of the offensive scoring or – bunch of second chance opportunities like you're really missing out on a lot and I know they went out and they drafted a big with their last pick and Ab Indo who played pretty decent in his few games you know his couple games with power I think he needed a little bit longer leash but didn't necessarily have the time but you know it's you're not going to make up for the presence of, of what Reggie Evans brings you and, and from a scoring prowess like you you did bring in Jonathan Simmons who would potentially would have gone top three within this draft you know, had he, he he's still been a viable option. So those are the three that I'm really struggling with here. So let's just get into it. I think I told you on the last episode that my one and two have pretty have been pretty consistent throughout the offseason as they've even gotten their captain. So before they even like they might have been a little bit more interchangeable after before they actually drafted their two or their, you know, their draft picks. But they've been pretty steady in what I've been thinking. So I got Three's Company at number one. I think I've raved about Michael Beasley for way too long now to for most of my listeners who've been you know with us for day one. Shout out to you guys. I think I've raved about Michael Beasley for way too long now to not put Three's Company, you know, not put his team at the top. Because I think very, very highly of Michael Beasley, the type of game he has and the type of impact he's going to have in this league. Not to mention, he just got a seven-figure deal to play in China this fall. So congrats to him. Kudos to him. Um, this will be a nice little warm-up for him. I really think this guy's going to go out and get the MVP. That's maybe a bold prediction I'm putting out there. But Three's company, captain-wise, I think they might have the three best captains, Mario Chalmers, uh, obviously Beasley, and then adding Brandon Rush, who I think is a huge X factor. I don't think we talk about him enough when talking about Three's company. And then they went out and got two big three bets, right? They got Julian Wright, who's one of the most versatile guys in the league. And they got Alex Scales, who's more than a shooter, which he proved last year in his short stint with Ghostballers. He just came on and brought a lot of scoring. He's going to, you know, provide a lot of space because of his shooting ability. But I think he's going to be more of a threat than people realize. So I got through his company at one and then Trilogy. Obviously, they lose Jared Jack, but they add Earl Clark. And they bring back the rest of the team as well. They also add another big three bet in David Hawkins, who I think is a very versatile player as well. And I think he's going to be a lot healthier this season. He didn't necessarily come in in the best of shape, had some things going on. Um, if you follow his, you know, his Instagram page or social media page, you'll see that he had he was suffering through an injury. I think it's going to come back better and better than ever. He's been working with flight, and I, it's hard to you know put the chance any lower than than two. It might even be disrespectful to put them at two because they were the best team last year. So three's company trilogy are my one and two having a hard time because these will not be our Bahamas teams this year. I guess these will be our Miami teams. So still getting the trip to the beach, still getting a kind of a resort lifestyle. If you make the championship game, I think the playoff, the first playoff game will be in a 
will be in Atlanta. So maybe you have to, to get out, uh, you know, have to be the final two to get to Miami. So we'll call these the Atlanta teams or the playoff teams in general. I got killer threes at number three, uh, maybe a bold statement there, but another team that, you know, since their 2019 run and the type of team they had there, I mean, last year, I think a lot of people counted them out. They got a rough start. And honestly, the way they ended, I think they probably deserved the playoff spot. They, I think they won their last five games and, We've talked about this a couple of times, probably should have played three-headed monsters for the, the right to go to the playoffs, but didn't pan out that way. They still got a nice win over the eventual champ trilogy. They were the last team to beat them. So I, I don't know. I, I think Dante Green, potential MVP candidate as well this year, who's really good last year. There's an argument he could have probably would have, should have won it last year, just to be honest. Uh, bring back Frank Nitty. The, the will and grit. I, I think there's just a lot of chemistry within this team, right? Especially within their captains with Nitty and Josh Powell. Then they bring on Dominic Johnson, who Dante called the rookie of the, he's going to be the rookie of the year, apparently, according to Dante. You know, I don't know how much bias was within that, or he really just, talk, you know, he really thinks Dominic has a lot of game, but the other guys kind of reiterated that as well. A lot of game from him. And then they brought on KJ McDaniel. So, I, I like the chemistry and culture killer threes is, is building. Um, I think Dante Green is one of the more premier players in this league, and I think he's going to help them get to the playoffs this year and not miss it again. I got them at three. And then hard to not put triplets in the top four. I, I did my best, but you got Iso Joe, the two-time MVP. He doesn't look like he's slowing down, at least not in this format, anytime soon. Their offense got a lot more lethal. They added Jeremy Pargo, who's – I think one of the best scorers in the league when he actually plays, he's missed a lot of games. Um, so open for a healthy season from him. Pair him alongside Gennaro, who's going to be, you know, he's, he's been great for triplets. I know not everyone's happy about the big they got, but like Ryan Hollins is, you know, he's played in this league time and time again. So there's got to be something that he's doing right there. And, he, you know, he's, he's made his mark in, in a few games he's played. Also another guy that hasn't necessarily – gotten the chance to play like a, a full season. Uh, so hopefully he stays healthier, has, you know, can make the commitment in the time. But I think too, like, I think we're making maybe too much of an emphasis on triplets in the big. I know they got a little bit smaller because they lost Alan Anderson, Jamari Moon, and obviously Al Jefferson, but they didn't play big Al that much. They played him in spurts. Um, I think, I think they'll be fine, especially because they added Alonzo G in the second round who, one of the mainstays of Bivlag last year. I think he can play both ways. He looks really good um, from the footage I've seen this offseason. I think he's going to be a big X factor for them. So I put triplet, triplets, excuse me, as my, my fourth team. Kind of on the bubble or the outside looking in, I got Tri-State, who Tri-State's a pretty interesting team, adding DeWan Summers and Garland Green, who I really liked what I saw from both of their like highlight tapes. It just got a lot of size and length, you know, adding that on to Jason Richardson, Larry Sanders, and then got J.D. Justin Dittman, the runner-up for fourth man of the year. That's a lot of offensive firepower as well, but a lot of versatility on this team. I think defensively they're going to be a lot better than um, maybe we've seen in years past. And I like I like the switchability, um, the different lineups they can throw out there with this squad. So I got Tri-State up there. And the other team I got on the outside of the bubble is 
ghost ballers. Uh, I like that they added two big three vets as well. I think that goes a long way. Darnell Checkson was, you know, he came on strong, just like Justin Denman. They were obviously the two best undrafted players added last year. And to pair him alongside Chris Johnson, probably one of the most underrated players in this league. Scary, scary big man duo. And then they added Jermaine Taylor. And if Jermaine JT is healthy, he is a huge threat. I mean, he he's scary good when he's healthy. He He's still trying to come back from a torn Achilles. I think he dealt with COVID a little bit last year. But when he's healthy, he's one of the best in the business to do this. Um, probably a guy that probably should have still been playing in the NBA when he first came into this league. But he's really good when he gets the opportunity. And, you know, a return of a healthy Mike Taylor. You got former scoring champ Ricky Davis. I like those followers and where they were headed last year before the Mike Taylor injury. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm expecting them to be around the same area they were last year, if not contending, you know, higher up in that top four spot. Then, uh, see, this is where I really where I really hate the rest of this list because I, I really do think like all these teams are are really good. Like it's really hard. It's it's so hard for me to come away from this power rankings saying a team at the bottom is is the worst team in the league. Because I, I don't necessarily think like. I really don't think so. I think there's like a tied for eighth place with like eight, you know, six teams or whatever. Tied for eighth place was like six teams or uh, five teams, however many, you know, like I think there's five or six teams that I think probably could be interchangeable, you know, at least towards the bottom, maybe, maybe even the bottom half, six bottom six teams could be interchangeable here. So without, uh, you know, Regardless, I got to put someone in the 7 through 12 spots. So kind of like on the fence, on the bubble, we'll say. Uh, we'll call the last other Tri-State Ghost Ballers outside looking in teams. On the fence here, we got Aliens, Power, and Three-Headed Monsters, the three teams I said I was having the most issues with. So I just kind of squished them into the middle there. But Aliens, like Aliens could be one of, one of the best. They could be the best team. They could be the worst team. They could just be... You know, they could be the best team or the worst team, so I put them as the middle of the pack team because I really don't know what they're going to do. Look, they got a lot of experience in three-on-three game. They're going to have a lot of chemistry right off the jump. Um, I love their addition of Deshaun Stevens. I don't really know what to expect from Adam Drexler. I'll just be real. I really don't. Um, not a ton of professional experience. He's obviously the commissioner, uh, Hall of Fame, NBA great Clyde Drexler. Uh, and I've seen – Footage of some of his game, he looks pretty good. I just don't know, at, you know, what level he's playing at and how he fits into everything they're doing here. But I do think that if Lasmanis, Ivosev, and Bullet are really on the same page and are really as good as they say they are, this could be one of the better teams. And I could be really wrong right here in terms of power. Like I, I kind of squish them in that middle spot, mostly because of experience, league tenure. I don't know the the culture they feel like power just is always contending. They always have good leadership at the top. Tina Mobley is one of the is you know top five six player in this league when he's healthy. Even at the age he's at today, he just struggles to stay healthy. But he looks like he's getting back into form um, and can be really good for him. Royce was really good for them last year when he was healthy. And then interested to see what their number one pick in Glenn Rice Jr. does. But this is definitely a team of like that's going to fill their role and do what they need to to be able to win. Um, and I really like Power. I really think that Power is another team that could surprise us. Uh, and I could be very wrong with where I 
you know, where I currently had them on this power rankings roster. And then three-headed monsters, like to go from second to ninth is a little troubling for me to, for me to do for sure. But that's how much of an impact I think Reggie Evans has. And I think that's how much of a loss uh, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to like emphasize how much of a loss that really is to their team. Like Reggie Evans really makes his team go. I'm not saying that they have, uh, they don't have a good team. You know, Jonathan Simmons is a excellent pickup. I think alongside the Richard Lewis, who's former MVP, been great in this league. Um, and, and then as the team or as the years go on and the team has adds different players, like he, he, he does what he needs to do to make sure this team gets to the playoffs every year. They've been to the, they're the only team to make the playoffs every single year. They got a new head coach and Reggie Theus. Um, I think he had some unfortunate circumstances with Bivlack. And I think he's actually a, one of the, one of the better coaches in this league um, that comes really prepared and runs, um, interesting sets with the team. Kevin Murphy, co-rookie of the year. Like, dude's a bucket. I just think the loss of Reggie Evans is that significant. Um, I think another thing, the question here is, like, Mahmoud is 53 years old. He's the only guy to beat Father Time still at 53. But at what point does Father Time catch up? I I don't know. Um, you know, I said last year that I think he should have played in the championship game. He could have made a, a an impact if he played at certain spurts, but I think defensively it's, it's hard to play him. Um, so, you know, those are, those are just some question marks. That's not me like doubting anybody. That's, those are just question marks I have within this league. That's added tons of talent. <laughs> like seriously, like this is, it's hard to be a mainstay in this like uh, year in and year out already with the limited roster spots, but now to do so in the, in the, amongst the type of players that we have in this league. Like those are just some of the question marks I have. And I think Reggie and impact is insurmountable. The bottom three still tough for me to do, but uh, one of them is very self-explanatory. So let me just get that one out of the way. Or let me just talk. So we got ball hogs, enemies, and bid Let me just get the enemies reasoning out of the way. I've trusted enemies too many times the past two years since their inception. And in 2019, I'm not doing it again. I, I, I would rather them prove me wrong. I would. I'm not going to put them at the top again in the top four, uh, just just for me to get it wrong, you know, or just for just for them to be at the bottom again. The 2019 season, things got off to an okay start. They ended terribly last year. Uh, I don't, you know, let's just hold them accountable. I don't think Nick Young came in too in shape. Came in taking this very seriously. Um, I don't think they had great chemistry throughout the year. I think Elijah Stewart and Isaiah Austin are really good players um, and they'll make this team go, but I don't think the supporting cast around them was, was good. I thought there was a lot of shots thrown up by, by Slaggy P. Um, I think he was surprised by the, you know, the guys he was going against or like, you know, the level of competition a, a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping they come back more prepared and stronger than ever. I just don't, no, the chemistry. I've heard Sec Hendry is really good at the footage. Got I think I, I think it was from the Drew League. Yeah, I got to watch his game from the Drew League, and he looks like he could be one of the players that we're not talking about enough. Seriously, Keith Benson is supposed to be really good defensively. He he could be really good for them. But I'm not going to get caught putting them in the top four just for them to end up in the in the bottom two again. Nope, not going to do it. It's prove me. I, I would love to be proved wrong. Seriously, I would. Uh, 
it would it would be ironic be the one time I put them at the bottom they make it into the playoffs but nope I'm not gonna do it so long explanation to say I don't trust them uh around them I had ball hogs uh ball hogs at 10 yeah ball hogs would be here at 10 and bivouac at 12 a lot of it's just question there's question marks well I think this is really my reasoning behind it is there was just more question marks than the other teams had look Barbosa and Jody Meeks were really good for the team last year. Will McDonald's been been great with Ball Hogs, and he definitely deserved a call up to be the co-captain. They added Stacy Davis and Carl Iverson. I really like I really like the formation of this team, but history says that Ball Hogs hasn't you know hasn't been good. And when you're already trying to put like when I'm already trying to put the, together these power rankings, and there's so much added talent and uh, we're, it's hard to like understand preseason wise before any first game has been played, like where to put these different teams. I'm going to go off historical, historical reference, to try to put this together. And ball hogs got a lot better. I think seriously, I think there's not going to be, if there's a one or two win team, I'll be really shocked. Like I think a lot of the teams at the bottom will be three win teams. I think though, there won't be a lot of teams that have one loss. I think we'll see a lot of teams with two losses, three losses. Um, and then on the flip side, see, you know, some teams like at the bottom of three wins or four wins, right? So I'm not necessarily saying because they're a 10 seed, like I have them at 10, that they're going to be like a zero, one, two win team. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just, you know, I could see them equaling the record last year. Like, I don't know. I, I haven't seen how Stacey Davis and Iverson come into this and stack up. They look really good on the outside looking in like on paper, the, the, Format of this team, the construction of this team um, seems really solid. And I like the play style Rick Barry goes for. I just, I don't, I haven't seen him play. So from a preseason standpoint, I'm going to put him at 10. And then Bivouac coming in with a lot of inexperience. Obviously, you got Gary Payton, who's never missed the playoffs as a coach for 3 8 Monsters. So good at, the, good at the top from a coaching perspective. Gerald Green's going to be really good in this league. I don't think this team's going to go like 0 6 or you know, one or, you know, I guess 0 and 8, hopefully they get to play all the games, but 0 and 8 or 1 and 7 um, because they have Gerald Green. Uh, Will Bynum's been, you know, probably, Bivouac probably should have been in the playoffs the first year they joined the league, and Will Bynum was a, a big reason for that. He was good last year when he played. Um, you add Corey Brewer, add Ike Diogu, and Jeff Ayers. This team's going to be really solid defensively. A lot of it's just, you know, how how well does this team come together and, and perform? Uh, you know, I think so. I think chemistry plays a bigger part than a lot of us, put, you know, imagine. Uh, the guy said no, at least for the two or three squad. You know, Dante said that that wasn't a big part of it. They just come in and hoop and then they figure it out. But I don't know. It just seems like over as time goes on and we kind of figure out tendencies and, and how guys play and like, what guys are open to achieve and stuff. Like, I feel like as the season progresses, it does matter for some teams. And I just don't know how it's going to work for Bivouac. So, unfortunately, they kind of took, you know, it's just kind of more of a – they were at the bottom of the barrel last year. I'm, I'm starting them off at the bottom of the season because I don't know if they necessarily did anything outside of that. You know, obviously, adding chill Creed, I don't know if – I just don't know how the team's going to look. So it's hard for me to sit here and put Bivouac and, and make a good reasoning for why they're at the bottom. Um, I don't really have a good one. I don't have a good good enough reason to put anyone 
at the bottom of, of this power rankings. That's that's why this has been so difficult. But within the preseason power rankings, I'm going to put them at 12. And that's why I said week one, it could be so interesting how everything shifts within at least what I have from a preseason standpoint, because Three's Company, who I have at one, and Bivlac, who I have at 12, are playing each other. They could set the whole foundation of how this really, you know, how this should really look. So I'm definitely going to revisit this, definitely going to make some changes to this, uh, especially after week one. But for the time being, this is what I got. You know, I don't know if my week one predictions will necessarily reflect off that because of my uncertainty already going into the power rankings. But I got to I got to put something together and hold myself accountable. And sometimes it's, it's good to have some humility and self-reflect and say, hey, you're a real idiot, pal. So <laughs> that's going to be the, the point of this power rankings. And that's real, that's going to be it for the, the first half of this episode. Thank you for everyone who's tuning in. On the back end, we have a dope-ass interview, so make sure you stick around. We got um, Stacey Davis, the fourth, the number four pick in the 2022 Big Three draft, two ball hogs. Really cool guy. I'm really excited to see his presence in the Big Three. He seems like he's super ecstatic uh, to, to join this league and, uh, you know, really excited for you guys to hear the conversation we had. So thanks to everyone. Again, make sure you're following at fourth man pod on all social medias, youtube.com slash fourth man pod is where you can watch the podcast or another way you can listen to the show and then dash radio and that, that channel. Thank you guys as always for giving us a platform to provide more big three content to basketball hoops fans um, out there on, on your platform. So that being said, let's get to our interview with Stacy Davis. Well, today we're welcoming on the number four pick from the 2022 Big Three draft. And what Ballhawks hopes is one of the catalysts to get them over that, that hump of getting to the playoffs and Stacey Davis. Appreciate the time once again. I know we had a, uh, a decent conversation right before this, but excited to kind of get into, you know, everything leading up to the Big Three and then your expectations for it. So thanks for the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited. Let's start with let's start with like, you know, kind of this past season and your, your professional career, most of your career you've spent playing over overseas and you come from, you know, or you played college ball at Pepperdine where you had a very successful career, the number two scorer in school history, the number two rebounder in school history before Kessler Edwards and Colby Ross, there was right. Stacey Davis, right. Yeah. Um, play most of your career professionally. You've got to travel, travel the world and, and do what you love. But I would really like to know a little bit more about your last year. Like you just finished up a really strong season playing over in Poland. Where do you feel you grew this season as a player, you know, now being an experienced vet? Yeah, I definitely think that I grew uh, defensively. Honestly, when I first got there, I had told uh, my teammate Sharon, um, shout out Sharon, I'm going to send this to him. But I had told Sharon before the season, you know, my biggest thing was improving defensively. And uh, I think I accomplished that. I think I kept myself in, in good shape and I kept myself um, to the point of being able to guard every position, you know, one through five and switches and just making it a point that um, teams weren't going to target me on defense. You know, they weren't going to game plan to go at me. Obviously, you're going to have moments where, you know, um, teams are attacking you just off of maybe like a pick and roll, mm -hmm. a kick out, whatever the case is. But I just took a lot of pride in knowing that I wasn't on their scout in terms of this is who we're going to attack. And I took my defensive matchups uh, very seriously. So 
for me, I think that was probably the biggest leap, man. That was that was um, I think that was probably one of the the weaknesses of my game. I always felt like I was a solid defender. Not saying I'm like otherworldly now, but mm -hmm. always felt like I was a solid defender. But I think this year I just took another step in terms of team defense, one on one defense, and um, just you know really making it a point to to win my defensive matchup every night. Hundred percent. I think that's so interesting the transition now because like one now you're this strong two-way player offensively you've always had a, a lot of game but like defensively you're a good defender now now you've turned yourself into an even better defender which is so vital into the league you're about to join the league you're about right. to be drafted into defense and versatility is huge but let's start with just like the big three in general what did you know about the league have you been keeping up with it and where did the opportunities potentially play in this come from yeah, so um, I hadn't been keeping up with the league too much. I had been seeing some things here or there. Uh, I actually know um, Alex Scales that that plays in the okay. league the past couple of seasons. So I, he is based out of AZ. So we've worked out a couple of times and um, just kind of seeing him be able to compete and stuff like that here and there. But uh, to be honest, I hadn't kept up with it too much. But the opportunity came just because um, kind of like what we were discussing before, I had gotten the opportunity to – uh, play against um, Leandro years ago during the summer. Um, that's one thing that that I think is incorporated into a lot of this is there's so much that happens during the summer where basketball players from all different um, professions, whether it's overseas, G League, NBA, um, wherever it is, even even um, intercontinentally within Mexico or anything like that, mm -hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of guys play against each other. So I've had the opportunity to to play against him and. You know, he just he took a liking to my game and uh, he had talked to uh, Coach Rick about me, um, showed him some film. And he also liked my game, which for me was very gratifying because obviously, you know, you have a Hall of Fame coach and a, a 10 plus year NBA vet that um, take a liking to how you play your brand of basketball, how you compete all those things. So that's really kind of when the opportunity uh, presented itself. You know, I was finishing up my year in Poland and they had reached out to me and I was like, man, you know, this proposes a great opportunity for me to not only um, play against great talent, but the biggest thing for me is like, I get to play at home at the crib mm -hmm. for the first mm -hmm. time. And my, this past year was my sixth year. So the first time since college, just being able to compete in front of my family, friends, and they don't have to be up at like six in the morning to watch, <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, on, that's huge. On some crazy link using the VPN. Right. right. <laughs> so uh, once they, once I was um, proposed the opportunity, I definitely felt like I had to take it. Um, you know, I had turned down some other summer opportunities, but in other countries. And mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like that was something that I wanted to do, just being away from home for so long. But getting a, being able to, you know, compete and participate in such an innovative league that the big three is, but then also being able to play at home. It's like, how can you turn that down? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's a big reason why a lot of guys who play in the big three, right. It's just be the opportunity to play stateside in front of your family, especially when you play overseas for a really long time. And then too, like you, we were talking about before we actually started recording is that like, there's that like community within the basketball world. That's a lot smaller than it actually seems from like maybe someone like myself on the outside looking in especially during that summer, big three is just like an even smaller version of that, but it's a really like strong connected group. Uh, I just feel like with a lot of camaraderie, um, you know, each week and each, uh, each week, just like, you no, know, regardless of what team you're on. Right. And 
getting to associate yourselves with these different players. So that's really cool. So Leandro actually reached out to you for the opportunity or you're saying the league reached out to you um, because, oh, go ahead. No, uh, so they had just said that they had liked my game. So Leandro oh, nice. had okay. just reached out and was like, hey, um, there's an opportunity to, to, you know, play in the big three, um, this, that, and the third. And so that's kind of how it came about. I, I hadn't heard um, from the league, obviously, until I entered my name into the mm-hmm. into the uh, draft pool and to the combine. But, um, yeah, they had they had just – you know, it, and honestly, it was crazy enough because it had been years since I had um, played against them. So uh, it was kind of gratifying to know that I, you know, kind of made uh, a mark and uh, he felt that I would be able to contribute to the success of the team, especially, like you said, um, just getting over that hump of being able. I know last year they had the most successful season, but the one thing about the big three is so competitive because the only yeah. top make the the playoffs and I don't know if it's different this year if it's the top six or what um but I know in the past it was the top four if I'm correct right yeah and I think from my understanding it's still the top four now like you said innovative league it could always change you never know with cube I mean even think about the the draft order I mean each round is its own lottery it's not like the worst team like ball hawks have been going through I don't know how much you know about the history of the ball hawks outside of last year They've been going through it. Um, right. yeah. They've done a good job developing, but two years before that, that they had gone through it. So this past year, it was yeah. such a big thing for them to kind of make that step, but still miss the playoffs in a sense. Yeah, um, but two yeah, shots. I, right. Yeah, it's it's really like you know. I think I'm not sure if you like understand the, like the gra- uh, like the gravity of like how you know vital you you being selected at four is because. The league has shifted so much in the sense of like the first few years, we saw a lot of like bigs go early, right? Like they were the hot right. commodity and like you were what's that? No, I'm just saying, like being a big is 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 a like if you're if you're six nine up, you're gonna have yeah. you're gonna have a job. So yeah. being able to <laughs> is always a thing, especially in a league like this where it's half court. I feel like that is and it's such a physical league, you know, that is like imperative. Yeah, and I, you know, we saw that with some of the first few picks. You, you and uh, Glenn Rice Jr. who went number one overall. For you guys to, you know, bigger guards now, it seems like we're seeing go like within that first round. Where, like I said in the past, it was always big. I think last year one guard uh, went top five. It was like I think it was Dusan Bullet, who's the uh, the captain of Aliens now. But even that was like really shocking to us, just to see like a, a guard go so early. So I think like. One for you for you to go so early is a huge testament to your game and like what they thought about you because Will did say on a show you know, a couple episodes ago that he wanted they wanted a big guard and they wanted uh, a big man to play opposite of him. I thought they were going to go big man first. Uh, right. Instead, they went with you. Um, talk to me, I guess, a little bit about your draft night experience. I mean, I I feel like it's like almost like a second chance or redemption within the big three to get to be drafted. Uh, maybe if you went undrafted within the NBA draft. So, you know, where were you? What was that like? And, um, uh, yeah. I was actually at home. I was watching the whole draft. And then nice. uh, obviously when the pick came up, I recorded it and I made a caption uh, like, hey, mom, I'm a first round pick, you know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was it was it was really cool, man. It was a whole 
uh, it was a whole thing for me. I didn't do like a crazy celebration. I was at home by myself, but yeah, man, it was a whole thing. Like it was, it, it was, uh, it felt really good, uh, obviously to be, um, taking that high, but, um, yeah, so it wasn't anything like crazy. I didn't do anything too crazy. I was just watching the draft at home by myself, but I, it was, a incredible feeling I had, uh, kind of, like you said, like a second chance, so to speak. 100%. And now you got some new teammates. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Leandro, but you got Jody Meeks, uh, mm -hmm. Will McDonald, who played overseas for a really long time as well. Right. Uh, one of the few guys that didn't play in the NBA. And then uh, Karan Iverson, who they drafted in the second round pretty early. Have you had a chance to, I guess, talk with the rest of the team or, you know, get a chance to watch footage of, of ball hogs outside of, or, you know, from from last year and just, you know, kind of what are your thoughts on some of your new teammates and the expectations moving forward for you guys this season? Yeah, so uh, I actually did leading up to the draft. I watched, I think, two games uh, from the ball hogs last season. So just kind of seeing how Leandro played, um, seeing how Jody played. And then obviously last year they had the white mamba. So um, <laughs> he's not on the team anymore, but um, just watching how those guys played and seeing how I could, um, you know, compliment them. Um, but I haven't had a chance to, um, outside of Leandro, I haven't had mm -hmm. a chance to, um, communicate with everybody yet. So to speak, I've communicated with Leandro and coach Rick. Um, and we've, uh, obviously exchanged, we got on a call, um, a couple of times and just got to talk and get familiar with one another, but excuse me. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of been it, uh, up to this point, but in terms of, I think you were talking about just like expectations for the mm -hmm. big three mm -hmm. I think for um obviously because it made such a big leap le last year in terms of their production um I think this year is, is definitely making the playoffs and um seeing the the type of guys that we have um on our team and that we drafted I think that that's possible I know for myself and I reiterated this to Leandro and, and coach Rick I'm like yo I'm coming in here to do whatever y'all need me to do um whatever role you need me to fill. If it's that, you know, um, PJ Tucker role, like I'm here to do it, um, whatever it is that, that I need to do. But I know that I'm coming in here, like with a defensive mindset where I'm just like, again, I want to make sure that I'm doing my best to win my matchup. And I, obviously it's not going to just be one matchup because there's so much switching within a three V three league. Mm -hmm. um, just making sure that I, 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 I can speak for myself personally that I, I hold myself accountable on defense and that I'm just giving the max effort and um, I'm holding my own, essentially. Yeah. Um, my number's called offensively, you know, I just do what I've kind of been doing for my whole career. But I, I'm I'm going into this with the approach of like, listen, I, I'm just doing whatever it takes to win. Yeah, I really like kind of the the culture one that Ballhawks is getting. Uh, I feel like there's a strong camaraderie within, you know, those captains alone. And I added you guys, you and Karan within there is going to be, you know, just a sense of that too, but also like, just like what they're looking for in terms of style of play, like just a lot, I think a lot of times we think three on three and even within this league, we've seen it. We think a lot of like ISO ball, um, you know, two man game, pick and roll, pick and pop kind of thing. And I feel like for them, they just like really just want to like move the ball as much as possible and get the easiest open shot, which is really cool. Like just kind of like in a sense, the way I think basketball is, is supposed to be played. Um, but a couple of things that you mentioned there um, that I want to build off of is one, has it set in that like Rick Barry, like Hall of Fame coach or Hall of Fame player Rick Barry is going to be your coach? And, you know, what have been the initial conversations, you know, in terms of like chemistry with you guys? Yeah. So, uh, man, 
actually was talking to my friends today about that. They were just, <laughs> they were like, you're saying all of this stuff so casually. And I'm like, man, I'm not trying to be casual, but I don't know how else to say it. But <laughs> I had mentioned, you know, when somebody like Rick Berry uh, says that they, they like your game, especially for somebody that prides himself on um, being respectable within the basketball community, uh, it just meant the world. It, it was like, man, I, it's hard to describe the feeling, but it was, uh, it was just really dope. So being able to be coached by him, I'm all ears, man. I'm just ready to, you know, soak up whatever game he has to give to me and just whatever knowledge he's willing to put forth as well as, um, being extremely coachable so that way we can go out there and, and do our best to win. Um, but like you said, yeah, they, they reiterated that, like, they want to, you know, get movement, get the easiest shot. It's not going to, you know, their style of play isn't just, oh, pick and pop one-on-ones. Obviously, there's going to be that. There's always mm-hmm. going to be in basketball, every league that you're in, there's always sets. But at some point, set may break down and it may lead into a one-on-one situation, right? But the premise that they've um, kind of set forth in terms of the culture they want to have with the ball hogs is like movement. Let's get the easiest shot. Let's like actively um, try to play a good brand of basketball. And so they've made it kind of imperative that, you know, we come in there in shape. And so that's been my biggest thing too, is just making sure I'm in great shape, not only um, like physically from a strength perspective, but also just from a, like a cardio perspective. Cause I feel like the, the, the better you are um, with your cardio, the, the, you, you ultimately have like an upper hand within this yeah. league so fast paced and or you know you can make you can uh increase the pace just because of how in shape you are and being able to do things at a um at a faster pace so to speak yeah a lot of people like or a lot of players within the league i feel like talk about like the just like the conditioning that's necessary which you like like from my mind i'm thinking like three on three half court basketball like like that's that's shocking to me but like if you think about like just like the constant movement and like just like flipping uh, you know roles offensively and defensively like back to back like there's not a lot of stopping stopping points with like in between like it makes sense at the end of the day and uh you know for will i think one thing he mentioned was like you know outside of getting like a younger big to compliment him it's like they wanted a big guard to potentially fill his you know come in for him at points in the game maybe if you guys go a little bit smaller which sounds like could be your role right is like coming in playing alongside leandro and, and and jody as well so that 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 should be like a really you know interesting like chemistry and and, and role um you know in, in different aspects of the game um the other thing you mentioned was like kind of have that pj tucker role that was kind of some of the comps i heard when you were uh initially drafted but right. maybe for listeners on the show and, and even some new listeners to the big three that might not know a lot about your game how would you describe your game um, you mentioned being, you know, a stronger defender now, but how, how would you describe your game and, and how you play? Uh, yeah. So I, I think that, um, I think I'm good at a lot of things. I think, especially, um, on the offensive end, I think that I can, you know, put the ball on the floor. Um, I'm able to pass out of, um, situations, especially out of like the pinch post, low post, whatever it is. Um, go back with my back towards the basket. I'm good being able to face up, um, I really pride myself on being able to make mid-range jumpers. Uh, you know, the mid-range is not dead, uh, but also <laughs> press the floor and shoot threes as well. So 
uh, I think, like, like I said, I think that I'm good at a lot of things. I think that I can do um, a lot of things on the basketball court. So I, I would kind of say that's where my game's centered around. But even to just uh, talk about P.J. Tucker, my coach had actually brought him up when I was at Pepperdine. Um, Brian Moore, he had brought him up years ago. And this was before, you know, like P.J. was like P.J. really. Mm-hmm. Like this is before, you know, this is years before the P.J. that we know. If I'm correct, I think around this time, P.J. might have even been overseas in Israel or something like that or might have been like his first year back in the league. Yeah. Um, but he had even mentioned him to me. And what's one one thing that people don't realize about P.J. is like, PJ could get a bucket when he yeah. was overseas. Uh, like he was a hard-nosed defensive player, but he was about a bucket. Like he could go and get him. So uh, that's one thing. Because obviously, you know, the higher up you go, the, you know, there's things that these teams need you to do. So it's not mm-hmm. like asking PJ Tucker to come in and score 15, 20. Although I'm sure if he trained and like put his mind to that, he could potentially do that because he comes from that you know, framework, especially doing that for so many years overseas. But yeah, I think that that is a, that is something that, you know, uh, I'm capable of doing and aspire, and aspire to do. Uh, like I said, just hanging my hat on the defensive end, holding my own and, you know, when my number's called, taking advantage. Yeah, I'm excited to see you, you know, play within this ball hawk system and excited to see you like defend guys in this league, give them fits and like, you know, frustrate a lot of people because, you know, this is a physical league. So, man, you, I was talking to the same group chat and they were asking me, there's like, man, uh, they were like, who are you most excited about um, playing against? And I was like, honestly, man, I'm, I'm really like excited to, uh, if the opportunity presents itself, being able to guard Joe Johnson, Rashard mm-hmm. Lewis. Mike Beasley, obviously, who's new to the league. Um, but these are all guys that, you know, I've watched play for years. Yeah. Um, even guarding a guy like Isaiah Austin. Like, I've guarded him and uh, played against him during the summer. So I've had that kind of uh, experience. But some of these, you know, OG NBA vets that you were a kid growing up, being able to watch and um, even dissect their game and stuff like that, uh, it, it, I'm really, really excited for that. Uh, I think that'll just that that is something that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I think outside of a Glenn being the number one pick, having like in terms of biggest targets on the back, I feel like a couple of other guys that like people really want to play against. Obviously, Joe being a two time MVP, he's always right. got the target on his back from like here on and so forth. But like mm-hmm. Mike Beasley, uh, Gerald yeah. Green, like I think those are a couple of guys too, like that are newer than the league. And I feel like everyone that's been in the league is a while is always like trying to, or even like newer to the league is like trying to like get under the, I guess like the newer, more prominent additions. It's the only way I'm at a loss for words there. Or, right. uh, but yeah, I feel like that that's going to be a lot of fun. Especially for you. That's like trying to improve as a defender every day and like hang your hat defensively. Yeah, um, man. That That is like the ultimate test, you know, outside of, um, and shouts out to Joe. Joe might get an NBA ring this year. So shouts out to him. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's just like the test, man. Like even during the summer, like I rebel that stuff. I, I I enjoy competition. I love competing. You know, sometimes I'm going to get got. That's what it is. You know, that's yeah. the game of basketball. But like Marshawn Lynch said, like I'm going to get my <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, but uh, 
I revel in that competition, man. I really want to compete. I, that's what I'm looking forward to. And knowing that these guys uh, have such uh, great pedigrees and um, like it presents an uh, a crazy challenge for myself. And I think as a basketball player, man, you always live for a challenge. Like you always want to be able to challenge yourself to see, you know, where you're at and, and to go from there. Yeah, and I'm, I can't wait till they drop the schedules of who you guys play first. They dropped the, the week one matchups for Saturday. Right. So it looks like you guys could be playing anybody from Power to, like, Aliens, like, Killer Threes. Like, all these teams are, like, really revamped. Like, I, I'm I'm sitting here, uh, obviously, covering the league, trying to, you know, just trying to do my due diligence and create a, a, a preseason power ranking. I've, right. never, I've never had a harder time. And I've been doing this, like, I've been covering the league, like, here independently, probably since like the off season of season one. And like, usually there's like a pretty clear cut top four. And then there's a clear cut bottom four. Like this year, I'm, I'm like almost scared to be embarrassed of how bad the power rank could look because of who I put at the bottom and, and like who I put at the top. Like, right. like seriously, like this is a really competitive year that I'm, I'm like, as a fan, like just extremely excited for. Um, Absolutely. It, it's going to be insane. Um, let me ask you about this too, because this is pretty, pretty new to the league as well. Um, obviously, last year they implemented the bring the fire rule, where you can dispute a lot of foul calls. Uh, I guess, what are your thoughts around that? Have you had a chance to watch any like games where that's involved? And uh, you know, who would you like potentially want to go one on one against in a, in a pressure pack moment to potentially dispute a foul call? To potentially like, you know, I'm, I'm talking defensively hold your own to make sure that they don't score that that last bucket that 50th point so i'm if i'm getting this correct dispute the fire is basically you challenge a, a foul call and essentially you play one-on-one to see whether or not the the foul is uh goes or not yeah so essentially yeah bring the fire you dispute a foul call the coach it's a coach's challenge right so the coach will have mm-hmm. two bring the fire opportunities one in the first half and then one in the second half. They don't carry over, I'm pretty sure. It's just one each half. Okay. And we've seen them to win games. We've seen them in the championship at critical points. And, yes, whoever wins, uh, so it's whether you get the stop or um, offensively it's whether you score the bucket or get fouled. It doesn't matter what the foul was. That player, you know, it goes that other team's way. Right. Um, So you're saying, like, who would I – enjoy guarding in that situation yeah with uh you know with your back to the basket and they're potentially going up for the 50th point and i guess just what are your thoughts around that the idea about it man that that is that's a lot of fun <laughs> i i really like um all of these like innovative things that are happening with the game man yeah you know you know you have something like the tbt where they do the elam ending that's super dope yeah because i played in that uh i think two years ago and just okay. have a set point, like a set mm-hmm. number that you get to, whether you're down 15, 20, or five, knowing that that's the number you have to get to, it changes how, like, your competitiveness and how you go about the game. Um, so the, I, I just love things like that. So there's that. There's bring the fire. There's a four-point shot. Um, wow. There's even, uh, obviously, they implemented the challenge rules into the NBA as well. So uh i'm all for it man i think it makes the game a lot more fun and entertaining especially for like the consumers and the fans like you know you dispute a call and it's like all right bro check up it's like (laughs) exactly exactly that's exactly what it is literally right so it's um but in terms of who i would 
want a guard? Um, man, anybody. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna run from from any one on one situation. I feel like I hold my own against anybody. I feel like, you know, that's not like a shot or anything. It's just I feel confident in my ability to be able to keep somebody from scoring. Um, and I, I think that that opportunity, if it presented itself uh, against anybody in the league, there's a a number of great one on one players in this league. So uh, I think it would pose, like I said, a great challenge for myself. But again, you know, that's what basketball is about, bro. We we're out yeah. here to compete, we're out here to 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 you know to win. And if that's what it takes to win, I'm with it. I'm not gonna run from it. Yes, sir, hundred uh, percent. Last thing I want to ask you: I've obviously talked about everything on the court from the mm -hmm. big three perspective, but like I said before, there's like a big like family you know, aspect to the big three with every, but every team going to the same city, right? And every team, like, you get to watch each other's games and hang out in the hotel or whatever the case may be there. But, like, so that being said, like, off the court, what are you most excited about entering this summer in your, you know, your rookie season? With right, right, right. Three? Man, this, this is actually really crazy because all of these questions you're asking, <laughs> I've literally spoken about these with my friends. It makes it um, even easier. <laughs> right? So... Man, I'm just looking forward to, because, you know, they were asking me, they were like, man, you know, are, are you kind of like nervous or like, how are you feeling about playing mm -hmm. against some of these former NBA guys? And then the third, and I'm like, man, listen, I play against NBA guys and all types of guys during the summer. So this is not new to me, mm -hmm. but I think the most, the, the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to outside of playing in the States is just kind of getting to know these dudes, man. Like mm -hmm. being able to, um, you know, if the opportunity presented itself, being able to chop it up with like somebody like Joe or like Gerald or uh, even a Rashard or, or even, um, you know, like a Steven Jackson, who's obviously a coach, something like that, where just, you know, kind of getting to know people. Um, I'm really big on relationships uh, in yeah. terms of me, who, who I am as a person. And that's kind of what keeps me, going especially when you get through the 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 lows of a long season overseas like being able to have solid relationships with your people back home and hopefully with your teammates uh those are really big things to me so just get being able to get to know these guys um outside of who they are on the basketball court and then obviously be uh developing those relationships to to the point to where it's like you know there's some there's some shit talking going on on the court or, or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah like a competitiveness there uh, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Man, that's, that's super cool. And it's cool that you've talked about this because it makes me realize that if your friends want to understand this from you, like other people out there, especially our listeners, are are just as interested in the, some, some of those similar questions. So, Man, the big three is growing, bro. Like the big three is really, really it's growing. Um, I, can't, I can't tell you how many people, um, one, already knew about it and were marginally interested, but mm -hmm. then now are interested obviously because I'm a part of it, mm -hmm. but um, two who, who um, didn't know about it and then now are interested because obviously they know that's that's um, in the league. Yeah, so uh, Big Three's growing, man. It's, uh, it, it's growing and I'm excited. Uh, like you said, like the fact that there's people that are reaching out to me and they're asking me these questions and there's kind of like this giddiness about it um, <laughs> lets you know that this is really um an expansive league an innovative league and just you know something that's here to here to stay
Yeah, hundred percent. And like, never have I ever, and never would I have thought of, especially coming from like the first couple of years, ball Hawks dealt with the turmoil of like one in seven seasons, you know, right. and, and taking to the last game to like win their first first game. Never would I thought when I see a fan base, like the most, I guess, excited fan base be the ball Hawks fan base, because, you know, now the teams, uh, some of these teams have different owners, um, yep. they have multiple owners and they're like fractionalize these teams. I'm telling you, I've talked to mostly ball Hawks fans in terms of like some of the new listeners, killer threes and ball Hawks have been the biggest ones. It's, it's crazy. Man, so, but you know, what's actually crazy, man. And I'm telling you the basketball world and just <laughs> Are so small so the um i think it's the kraus house i think that's how you yep, pronounce yep. it mm-hmm. that's the ownership group that bought into the nfts of the ball hogs correct yep so uh a uh, a friend of mine who actually used to go to pepperdine and was uh he was like a um practice player for the girls team christian is actually a part of that group no so, way yeah, man. So I didn't find out till afterwards, till like after the draft. And um, as soon as I, you know, got drafted, he hit me up. He's like, bro, there's no way that that uh, you're, you're about to play the bars. I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, I'm a part of da 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 da. I'm like, what? So, and knowing him, man, he's always been like innovative. Uh, we were in college. He had started an app, I think it was called Open Courts, which was basically just kind of like showcasing which courts. Um, we're having five on five games, which of course were open so people could go to an app and instead of, that's, you know, that's sick. right, pulling up to a park where nobody was there or um, you could even coordinate times with other people on the app. Like it was really, really innovative and uh, had a pretty good following around Pepperdine too. So I know that he, um, him and the group that he's with are very much so like excited about the ball hogs this season just because mm-hmm. of their like love for basketball as well yeah because i think they were trying to like form a group to initially buy an nba team and i think like kind of now they're like oh we have the opportunity to to buy a team at like think about it, like you're like so to buy all like 25 of the fire nfts is six hundred twenty five thousand dollars total like right. you think about that and it's like oh that's a lot of money like especially for like just the average person but if you Absolutely. think about buying a professional team in comparison to like like what steve Ballmer bought the clippers for you know, like that's a steal. Yeah, like that's that's a steal. Like the the low cost entry to, to buy a professional team is insane to me. So uh and Ballhouse just seemed to be like a, a big proponent to like you know what the big three's doing and, and want to be able to like impact Ballhawks any way they can. I got the opportunity to be on a Ballhawks podcast and they were talking things like trying to get you guys like sponsorships or like some kind of shoe deals, like anything to help the team. Like they they're open I'm, to it. I'm- I'm very fortunate, man, because I, I was able to be drafted into not only um, with a, a great group of guys and vets and and a, with a great coach, but then also just having like this, like you said, community that's surrounding this group. You know, whenever you can have some good energy that's sent like that's centered around your your group, especially in professional sports, man, um, it makes the world of difference as a as a player, because I've been on places where I've been on. I've been in places and on teams where there wasn't a great atmosphere from the ownership group, from the presidents, from the GMs, or even from like the fans, so to speak. And that definitely plays a part into not like how you play or your success, but just how like positive and like, yeah, 
and happy you can be when you have success with this team. Um, so I'm excited, man. I can't like, I'm literally counting down the days, like <laughs> working every day. And I'm just like counting down the days, like I'm Rocky, like, let's get it. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Got about 18 days. Uh, right. So should be exciting. This is a, a random question. And uh, I just had Deshaun Stevens on, so I wish I would have asked him this, but what, what number are you playing in rock? Uh, so five. So I wore five, five. Okay. Uh, college. I wore four last year because my daughter wanted me to wear that one, but I'm going to go back to my roots. Also, five was also taken, so I couldn't. Shouts out okay. to Sharon. Sharon took my number. I never told him that. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to have five. Now. Yeah. Dope. Sounds good. Got five on it. Well, hey, Stacey, I'm really looking forward to the season, what you do with Ball Hogs. Uh, congrats again on being drafted as high as you did, and I appreciate the time today. And, uh, you know, best of luck. Got 18 days until the season starts. Right, right. Let's get it. Appreciate it. Already. All right. That was our interview with Stacy Davis. Really excited for how this Bogs teams look. Look, I put them at 10 in the power rankings. Don't mean any disrespect with throughout the power rankings. I, you know, it's just hard for me to put those together. But if there's any team that I'm rooting on time and time again to continue to level up and take that next step it's ball hogs and we've seen them do that so for them to be at 10 again i'm thinking they might be like a three and five record to me at 10 i don't know if that's logistically possible but that's kind of what i had in my head without looking at any of the numbers or crunching any crunching any of the stats together to see if it, it makes sense so if anything i'm hoping that they make the playoffs and you know i think stacy could be a big reason why they do that with just his offensively he's he's really talented and defensively he you know he's been considered the pj tucker and could be the pj tucker of this league so interested to see that thanks again to stacy for joining the show and best of luck to you this summer and thanks to everyone who tuned into this episode again you can find more great content on our twitter instagram and yes i'll do some tiktoks at fourth man pod youtube.com slash fourth man pod you'll be able to listen and find the shows have a visual of it, see maybe the players' reactions. We also got some streams previously that were live uh, that you can find on there. And I've been saying it for a long time. Hopefully, I will actually put together some videos. But, you know, be on the lookout for any kind of content coming this way. Um, have, a, have a few ideas in mind. It's just a matter of a, if I actually like it after I record it, edit it, and then look at it uh, one time through. So, I haven't been able to, I guess, please myself. I don't know if that's high standards or I'm just just doing a shitty job. But either way, I'm hoping to put some more content out visually this season. And thanks to Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel for providing us with the platform time and time again on Mondays and Saturdays. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thanks again. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.